This week, we've got so much to talk about, including a Discord and Sony partnership, turbulence at Stadia, the Epic versus Apple lawsuit, and so much more. This is the Good Game, Bad Game podcast. This is a song I wrote about the Good Game, Bad Game podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Good Game, Bad Game podcast. I am your host, Spencer, and as always, I am joined by a man who once whistled the entire Freebird guitar solo in one breath. It's my co-host, Mike. That's actually a fact. That is a fact. That is a fact. I mean, you know. I mean, it's happened multiple times. Yeah, yeah. It happens frequently, honestly. I mean, anytime I'm with you and I decide to sing that part of Freebird, yeah, <laughs> you always are able to come in with that. With that. <laughs> With I the just whistle. wait for the free bird, yeah. Yeah. I just go off. But whistling. Uh, yeah, if I can't whistle, uh, Discord probably won't Discord, pick it up. Yeah, Discord would hate that. Um, <laughs> we have so much to talk about. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna do our normal how it's for weekend gaming, but we're gonna breeze through it just to get to to everything. So, how was your weekend gaming? I played mlb for like maybe two hours i had um me and justine had our wedding anniversary and we were uh out and about and uh, we went to a real baseball game which was strange nice Uh, but just played mlb for a couple hours i also started a new job uh, on monday so uh, not much time for me to play how about you i had plenty of time to play played a lot of mlb and that that is our what did Spencer and Mike play? Uh, we've never really named the segment, but uh, yeah, no, that's that's it. I mean, no, that was all I played. A lot of it. We, and we have so much to talk about. So this was a very, um, <laughs> well, one, it was a good thing. Neither of us really did anything. And two, um, <laughs> we kind of needed this. Yeah. Um, so yeah, without further ado, let's jump into it. We're going to do a quick hit segment, just a couple of articles that popped up that were interesting, and we probably in a normal week would have talked about them, but with just everything else going on, um, yeah, we're just going to quickly shine a light on them before moving on to the the bigger things. So first, uh, because we recorded a day early, we screwed ourselves and missed out on two articles that would have been fun to talk about last week. Uh, first... Uh, we've got, give me one second, The Last of Us Part 3 uh, has a plot, but it's not being made yet. Uh, there is an interview with uh, Neil Druckmann, who basically in it, uh, it was on the Script Apart podcast, where he was talking about the process of, of The Last of Us Part 2. Um, and basically, he said that, you know, the possibility of like of a sequel is there um and that like some work has been done on it but like that's nowhere near being made we talked about it a couple weeks ago naughty dog apparently has uh an uncharted game on ice potentially as well as a multiplayer game that they've been working on and that could be the multiplayer for last of us part two or could be totally different things so that's also another possibility of things that they're working on so they already have a lot on their plate and just keep in mind if you haven't played the last of us part two or even the last of us well part one i guess yet 
make sure to buy it at full price, even if you are <laughs> playing part one. Because if you don't, you might be the sole reason why there is no sequel. Just want to remind everyone. Correct. Who has Correct. not played yet. If you want Returnal to get a sequel, having not even touched the game, buy it at full price. Yes. Um, but yeah, thoughts on this? I, I mean... Actually, I was going to say that I thought it was obvious, but also, wasn't there some ambiguity as to whether or not, like, Naughty Dog wanted to be done with this? Like, I felt like some people at the studio, maybe even, and I could be putting words into his mouth, I don't know. But I thought I heard some rumblings that, like, Naughty Dog has their closure. Mm-hmm. And kind of similar like, what they did with Uncharted, that they were willing to um, let people use the universe like for for sony studios but you know they had their closure they weren't sure if they were going to do a new one or not right yeah uh, I, I, and, and this by no means is them saying they're sure but mm-hmm. it's cool to see that they're at least working on the script that's yeah that's kind of how i felt too like it was cool that it like work was put into it but like not enough that it's like a waste but also like not too much that it like needs to be something does that make sense i I might have just said the same thing twice um not to like i don't want to get into spoilers or anything i know last of us part two has been out for plenty of time but because i love the game so much i would hate to ruin the experience for someone i honestly had a spoiler episode so if they've made it to this episode that's true but if they didn't stick around for the spoiler part and and they left all i'm going to say is i i felt like the end there there could be one and i'd be happy there could not be one and i'd also be happy like i i don't feel strongly one way or the other so for sure that's that's basically my feelings on it yeah Um, i'm in the same boat obviously i'd love to see another one but i don't feel that i need another one right um all right next quick hit one down quick hit two uh also another all three of these quick hits are sony uh related um this is the game they play this is the game they play they go for those short little jabs um another ign article talked about sony uh intending to aggressively invest in first party studios and third party exclusives um so basically working on more partnerships with um like other third party and out of house studios and whatnot um the article basically you know points to like jade jade raymond's uh studio which we'll probably be touching on here shortly uh haven kind of being like uh the first toe dip into this for the year um but basically yeah that they're and that's not really surprising coming from sony like that seems like basically what they do right um go for exclusives and and uh yeah yeah, some of their like uniquely really good games. Insomniac, I think, is kind of the case study in it. You know, had I not known what I knew about video games for my life, I would have told you that Insomniac has always been like an SIE studio, right? Um, obviously, they weren't for the longest time, and they you know ventured out and and did things for other platforms, and are now now officially under the Sony umbrella. But yeah, I think it's good. Um, I could see Haven Studios getting fully absorbed into Sony at some point. For some reason, I had it in my head that they were. Um, yeah. I, but maybe um, 
maybe it was like a Kojima thing. I think maybe we talked about this. I also thought that Kojima's new studio was going to be Sony. Um, and they just had a partnership like they're talking about here. Right. Um, it's obviously worked out well for them. I mean, if you look at Death Stranding and like I said, all the Insomniac games, that would be good. Um, what's going to piss me off is when they partner with Ubisoft to come out with a Splinter Cell game. <laughs> because I was not an Xbox customer when Xbox did that for the very first Splinter Cell game. Um, and though at some point I will get a PS5, I'm not currently a PS5 customer, so that would that would piss me off. Well, by the time by the time it comes out, maybe we'll have one because that is what's going to happen. You know it, so book it. <laughs> I'm hoping by the end of the year. We uh, get we get so many stupid lucky predictions, right? That I'm just going to go ahead and say it's it's already a thing, and we'll probably hear about it sure. next week. <laughs> um, sure. Yeah, but I I thought the same thing with Haven, and like that is just how Sony goes. You get the feeling where you're like, oh, this is like. Oh, this is now under the Sony umbrella. Uh, but then, like Bug Snacks for me, I was like, "Oh yeah, it's a Sony exclusive," but it's not. It was like also on PC, right? So like stuff like that. And I, I have a feeling we're gonna see more of that. Um, even with their own like first party games, uh, I think that's gonna start to become inevitable because they have a pretty good relationship with Epic. So I wouldn't be surprised if they work to get the games on like the Epic Game Store or something like that. Um, as like the route to PC gamers which people will right. fucking hate because people hate the Epic Games Store because uh, not uh, Steam. True. Um, I am going back to look at the article and I'm throwing all sorts of air quotes around what I'm going to say. So PlayStation Blog had something that said, Introducing Haven, a new Montreal-based independent, that's where the big air quotes are, studio. Mm. Um, but it's got Sony branding all over it. If you look at, like, if you just search Haven Studio, the... Um, I forget what it's called, but the little like uh, description that comes up is in Google search is a Montreal based game studio led by Jade Raymond backed by Sony interactive entertainment. Okay. Working on original IP. So they're in air quotes independent, but this article with IGN, you know, if it does, I didn't read the entire thing, but if, like you said, they do mention Haven Studios, it's probably just saying like there's going to be more situations like that. Exactly. Yeah, that's basically like what I was saying. That was their like first um, example of how they're going to do it. Um, gotcha. This also comes like off the heels of them shutting down that like, or or you know, uh, dissembling the Japan studio, <clears throat> and uh, it's just interesting because like I think a lot of people were like, oh, they're just not committed. To this stuff but like they clearly are i think it was just like hey these games just aren't working anymore we're gonna like put we're gonna pump the money elsewhere and we aren't just gonna pump it into to naughty dog um they said a hundred roughly 183 million uh dollars year on year to strengthen in-house software that was that was what the cfo said is like basically their plan so that's that's crazy yeah and it kind of I don't know. We've gone back and forth with how I feel about Sony's approach to this generation as far as games goes. And obviously we've gotten lots of news about Xbox buying studios. And I, to me, like this article just shows that Sony can just like, come on and say, yeah, you know what? We are going to spend $183 million on, on, on game development essentially. And mm-hmm. for me, like I'm immediately reminded that Sony does Sony things 
they're going to put out gold all like just perennially. It's mm-hmm. they're just always going to do it. Right. And it's just amazing how like it takes for in my head, like even being a bigger uh, Microsoft customer right now, like it does take like the Bethesda announcement, like that's cool and all, but like, I don't, whatever to me it's whatever like i know i i recognize that it's a huge deal but not necessarily for me mm-hmm. and sony says like yeah we're gonna dump money into getting more exclusive games i'm like well, now those will be good <laughs> so it's just that's the sony simp in the back of your head oh it is and it'll never go away yeah um all right and then the last quick hit we have again sony um and it's another sony patent they love to pick up these patents uh, Sony patent helps system that connects struggling players with experts. Uh, sorry, that can dissect connects struggling players with experts. So basically, the idea is you get to a point in a game, you know, probably fucking Demon Souls or any of the Soulsborne games where you can't beat a boss. Uh, instead of quitting and giving up like a loser, uh, they'll get you in. They'll they'll find a way to like sync you up with a bloodborne expert who will teach you the perfect frame by frame way to kill that boss. Uh, thoughts. So correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't Sony announce with like the PS five. I don't know. It might even be a feature that like you could have a friend help you through parts of games or am I just completely imagining things? So you can do picture in picture, um, which is super neat. Um, I've never tested it, but I, I, I would see that as like a method. Cause like you could like share your screen with me and then I can like direct you where to go. I don't know how perfect it is. I mean, you and I uh-huh. tried remote play on the PS4 and we know how like laggy and, and buggy that could be. Um, if it even connected, if it even connected, which I, I would assume, I, I don't know if remote play is actually still a feature on the PS5 or not. Um, but if it is, that would also be like a method to like have a friend help. Right um true those are the those are the only two that i can think of they there might be a there might be a party feature though you might be right and i'm just forgetting i could be too thinking about the like guide Mm -hmm. feature too at the ps5 so yeah yeah go ahead yeah i was just gonna say like um you know i I think if this is something that they're working on i see this as a better alternative to when you and i were talking about advertisements in games and the potential to oh you can't beat this boss pay 5.99 and you can have this weapon and that will help you defeat the boss like remember when we were talking about something like along Mm -hmm. those lines this is a better option than that uh (laughs) i think but uh i don't know i'm still just not in love with it like you know just let the players play you know figure it out you make the point of Bloodborne and all, and all the you know the Soulsborne games, and I think it just goes back to the conversations we've had and the statements that the developer of those games have made and saying that like you're not entitled to beat this game. Yeah, you're kind of defeating the purpose. Right. So like so, the, the whole the whole purpose of it is get good, right? Like that's that's yeah. why those games are the way they are. Not call up a friend and and. I mean, if that's how you want to play a game, I guess, but. I would. If, if they do come up with this feature, I would just to fuck with people like <laughs> get Dark Souls and then just the whole game make somebody else play it just to watch them burn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I think. Um, do you, uh, Real quick, do you think there's a game that you could sign up to be a, an expert? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, 
it's it's weird to me just the the whole theory of it because the la- I haven't struggled to beat a game in a really long time. I don't play like the massively hard games, but like that's also not for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, probably like any Tom Clancy game other than Rainbow Six. Um, I'm just not huge into the competitive scene. Um, Watch Dogs, um, Madden. You want me to pawn some people in Madden? I think I can do that. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm going to be totally honest. I don't think there's a game that I could declare myself an expert. There are games that I've put enough time into, but like if somebody I, like, like, cause like you say Madden, like, you know, maybe I, I feel like I'm, I'm pretty good at Madden, but like MLB, I know for a fact, I, I try to play against somebody head to head in MLB and I just get my shit pushed in and I can't think of what else somebody would want help with there. So my issue is the games that I'm really good at. I don't think anybody would struggle with. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> so like, I can say all these games that I think I'm personally good at. Like I'm I, an expert at bug snacks. Yeah. Like I, I played the last of us two on the hardest, like default difficulty before you can unlock mm-hmm. whatever the hardest one is. And like, I, I did just fine at it. I, the hardest part there's like, without going into spoilers, there's like one boss kind of towards like the middle end of the game. Um, that was pretty terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, like I could, that I like, I kind of struggled with that. Like, I think I could help someone through it or like the final boss in quantum break. I told you it was probably the hardest boss I've ever faced in my life. I think I could do that again for somebody. I just wouldn't fucking want to, cause it was miserable. It's, it's a lot of like luck based. Um, right. But yeah, I don't, I don't think I have any expertise in any games that people would want help in. I think I would definitely just try my luck at signing up to be an expert for as many as possible because, uh, you know, this is going to be an on-demand feature. So I would think you can maybe make a little scratch out of it, you know? Is that how it's going to work? Did they say that or just they, your They They thoughts? didn't. They, you know, yeah, again, this is an IGN article and the subheader is game help on demand. So when you, I hear on demand, you know, you're going to think that there's some sort of fee in the background, right? So could be... It sounds it, to me like... Go ahead. No, I was going to say, it, it could just be like a feature that you get as being a part of like PlayStation Plus or, you know, in an inevitable upgrade to PS Plus in terms of like a Game Pass or something like that. It could It could just be included as a feature of that. And, you know, it would be, but you, I, I would assume, you know, the person on the other end, the tutor, you know, tutors get paid. So it sounds to me like they're gearing up to either one completely spike PlayStation Plus prices and include all of this stuff. And like we talked about the video pass last week, whatever, mm-hmm. um, or do like a tiered thing. Like, okay, you can get basic online, like what PlayStation plus is today. But then if you add $5, you also get like the video pass. If you add $10, you get the video pass and this game help. And then maybe Sony pays, uh, these tutors directly. Who knows? But that's in my head what they're trying to do. Yeah, I agree. And as we know, we're often right. So. <laughs> Watch we're the fucking... news for the next week. <laughs> we're going to fucking nail it. Um, all right. Quick hits. Anything Anything else? Something else.
Oh, go ahead. I'm going to do the segue for this one. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. No more quick hits. Speaking of something else we just completely fucking nailed because <laughs> we're the smartest people in the industry. It's so Discord, impressive. It's it's wild. It, and then we have <laughs> 10, listeners, 10 listeners a week. And they're the only 10 that know. I don't know if that's true or not, but probably less. <laughs> oh, fuck. Um... Discord and Sony announce a partnership this week. Kind of something we talked about. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. my, uh, maybe you can shed some light on it. I don't know if you know a little bit more about it than I do, but it sounds like it's going to be an integration with PlayStation and you can chat. basically a Discord app. Um, I don't know if it's replacing the current chat feature for uh, PlayStation. Um, but at least you're going to have the option to. I think it's a brilliant move. Uh, and I'm not going to go too much into it because you can listen to last week's episode when we talked about all the scenarios in which this would make sense. Yeah. Um, first off, would just like to say it's, it's like 20 a week. Um, and <laughs> uh, yeah, so to just rip directly, this was a they, uh, PlayStation announced this in a blog post. Um and so I'm just going to rip right from like the middle of it, uh, this, this middle paragraph together. Our teams are already hard at work connecting discord with your social and gaming experience on PlayStation network. Our goal is to bring the discord and PlayStation experiences closer together on console and mobile starting early next year, allowing friends, groups, and communities to hang out, have fun and communicate more easily while playing games together. We saw a change in, uh, the Sony party system, uh, right at the end of the PS4 and really weird, really difficult, honestly, to like navigate. Um, and like, especially when you, cause the idea was to like, Oh, you have a group of people you play with normally. You can like set up a group and, uh, like, and, and go. But, uh, I guess like there wasn't like an easy way to add to that group you would just have to make a new group if all of a sudden you had somebody else you wanted to like play in it. So then you'd have like multiple groups created and stuff like that, which I guess isn't that big of a deal because you can just delete other groups and whatnot. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, this basically sounds like what we were kind of like talking about last week. Um, so yeah, we don't really need to go too much into it. But I mean, just how just how funny is it that, you know, first off, <laughs> it's it's Microsoft is going to buy Discord. Uh, and then, you know, the subtext is, or any of these other companies that could potentially buy Discord might buy Discord, right? But everybody's focusing on Microsoft. Um, and then it turns into Microsoft doesn't buy Discord. And then it turns into us talking about, well, you know, somebody could still work with them to integrate it to Sony announces a partnership with Discord, basically saying what we were talking about. It's just insane. It's it's funny, and I gotta find make sure I'm gonna put the right person on blast, um, as I feel like I need to do once a week here. Um, but if I can't find their tweet, I'm not going to do it. And the person I'm looking at is very specifically talking about. Sorry, that wasn't the right person. Anyway, yeah, it's. <laughs> It's. I'm, I'm trying to buy myself some time so I can find it. Oh, I did find it. It was uh, Zach Bowden. 
he uh, writes for Windows Central. And I, I like him, don't get me wrong, but I almost had to argue with him last week. Or I should say, I almost had to post my argument on Twitter to only be ignored. Because <laughs> um, who am I? Um, the, the news was announced, and he just retweeted it and said, well, that's embarrassing. And then commented on his own post and said, Microsoft right now, and it's just... Um, Mike from Monsters Inc. with like a very straight face, mm-hmm. and it's and it's like it just blows my mind that people think that Microsoft lost here. It's it's Microsoft put in a bid, and Discord knew they were valued more than the bid, and they decided to stay private. That has always been an option throughout this whole right. process is for them to stay private, and it's going to work out really well for them. Because now they can be, I, I think the same thing is going to happen with Microsoft. I don't think this is a Sony exclusive deal. No. I think the same exact thing is going to happen with Microsoft. Because we're, and, and people want to bitch about um, antitrust all the time. And yet people want to use what they're familiar with. And oftentimes what they're familiar with is what's popular. So if you're Microsoft, if you're Sony, hell, even if you're a Nintendo, why aren't you in conversation with Discord to replace all of your chat features, all of your party features with Discord? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, I don't think any console maker right now wants to have their own first party chat system. They've, they're not good. They've never been good. Discord has created a product that is really, really good. So why not dump your, you know, baked in features to add this? Yeah, it's literally what we talked about. I mean, it's 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 literally setting up to be cross to be cross platform communication. Um, you know, starting right now with Sony and and PC uh, and mobile and stuff like that. But like, it's in, it's you're right. It's absolutely inevitable that Microsoft will get in on this, and it'll be and gaming will be gaming and communications will be better for it. For sure. So it's that's good news, in my opinion. I'm glad uh, yeah. this worked with Sony. Um, I'm excited to see it with Microsoft. And it's good for Discord. You know, they can stay private and they're still getting the deals they want. And I'm sure they're going to turn an insane profit over the next five years. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean... You're, you're right. We talked about it last week, so we don't need to beat a dead horse. But I mean... Uh, Microsoft put in the number that they felt basically comfortable paying for it. And like the fact that it didn't work doesn't isn't a loss for either company. Both companies in the end could end up winning from this. And I think that's the best part about it. So I agree. And it's especially like since they're built, this is just another idea that we'll get right. Since Sony (laughs) and Microsoft have their own communication platform built in, you know, maybe that will stay the standard for like regular Xbox Live customers or regular PlayStation Plus customers. But maybe with uh, Game Pass Ultimate, now you have the option to use Discord as your default chat feature on Xbox. Or if you have some sort of tiered PlayStation service, maybe you have the option now to use Discord. I think that's enough reason alone for a lot of people to pay for those services. And Discord gets paid because of it. Yeah. 100 again watch the news this week and we'll see it we'll see you next week it won't it it may not even be this week but just we'll have to we'll have to remember or hopefully anybody who's listening remembers and can like call out like 
you guys definitely said this and look it just happened um because at this point i mean so many predictions like we need to hire a mod who (laughs) when you when you tweet like the when you tweet this link on thursday for this podcast um to go back in our old episodes and post the link to when we were right that's what we need oh my god it's yeah it's crazy i mean we're we're obviously not right on everything but the the no. ones that the ones that we do hit on, like we hit on at a, a pretty high rate to just keep patting ourselves on the back here real quick. Like it's it's impressive. Um, sure is. All right. Enough about Discord. It's gotten enough of the spotlight um, for the past, God, four weeks now, probably. We feel like we've talked about it weekly. Um, let's go. I mean, honestly, I think you're the one who's fit to talk about both of our 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 last topics um so i'm just gonna let you keep steering the ship here you're the host i'm the co-host wow. give me a witty intro uh no <laughs> next week yeah oh yeah man the great improv no but <laughs> <laughs> um I'm, i want to pull i forgot to pull up this article but um Oh, man, it's a good thing I did because I found a more updated article. People are leaving Stadia. (laughs) Big fucking surprise. That's coming from me, probably the biggest Stadia simp of all. Mm -hmm. Um, And they are going to Haven Studios, as we talked about, was the, uh, in air quote, independent studio (laughs) that Jade Raymond is starting. Definitely not a PlayStation studio. Um but mostly a PlayStation studio. Um, and the big news as of today, and we're actually recording on Wednesday today, which good for us, May 5th, is um, the Stadia head of product, John Justice, which awesome name as well. Um, he left Stadia and very quickly went to Haven Studios. And this article that I'm looking at, I found that's from today, uh, it's headlined, six additional staff leave Stadia to join Haven Studios. And from what I was reading earlier in the day on uh, the Stadia, I think it was the Stadia Reddit, they were talking about this. And apparently a lot of the devs from SG&E, Sony, or Sony, Stadia Games and Entertainment, they followed Jade Raymond to her new studio. Um, and evidently she never signed like a no poaching clause or there just wasn't one um and she is just pulling whoever is willing to come with her and at this point if you're in the video game industry and you have the opportunity to follow jade raymond you probably should Mm -hmm. um so a lot of people a lot more people leaving stadia to join this and um for me, my opinion on it, I totally get it. It, it sucks because I still think... I, I think Stadia is going to be okay only if they start to... Or, or I should say continue to scale down their operation. Like, obviously, they're at a point where they're not going to compete as a console. Mm-hmm. They're going to be this niche product people who travel, who want to have a console-like quality uh, system, experience. Um, 
they can have that. Or, um, you know, people who uh, don't have multiple spaces for games and need to, you know, play on a laptop in a different room or a phone in a different room. Um, it definitely hurts, though. It's, again, putting Stadia in negative light in the public. But I think given the scaling down that they're doing, this is probably good for them. Um, but like I said, I'm not going to sugarcoat it too much. It, it It's not great news. But I wouldn't put the final nail in the coffin in just yet. I would maybe like put it there and like maybe give it one little tap so it sits. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, but it, it's it, it also makes me think how good Stadia could have been had they, I assume, not been so poorly managed by Google at large. Because they had the talent. They had insane talent there. And I'm sure they were being micromanaged by Google. So, you know, if, like with everything else or a lot of other products that Google has, they could just pull the plug on it. Mm-hmm. But it'll be interesting to see the products that Haven Studios comes out with, knowing full well that this is essentially SGE. Right. Yeah. Um, they, it's just like it's it's so difficult to just think that like Stadia is actually like you know. Uh, done or anything like that because i i think that like the product is still good i mean everything you know as little as there is uh with people reporting on it because it just doesn't have like a giant user base or anything but like you know people seem to to think that it's you know good and like can be as much as we say it like the future of how people get into games at like an easier or you know with less hurdles uh and i don't know like if it was just the wrong time like if they were just too like just a little too early with it because like not enough people can get behind it right now because you know internet infrastructure isn't good enough or or what have you um but yeah that's almost like what it seems like because it seems like the system and, and and like everything behind it is fine it's just not the there's just not enough users is the issue it seems and when you don't have users then you know other stuff is obviously going to to suffer in that in the midst of that i will say i tried for the hardest time so i got into the original like x cloud uh trial thing Mm -hmm. way early on and it was a really good experience um and then i uh got into stadia and stadia was a really good experience um eventually when i first started in stadia it was kind of choppy and xcloud is better but um i wanted so badly to not admit that stadia was the better experience but as i played um it absolutely was out of all the cloud gaming platforms i've tried in my opinion stadia plays the best Mm-hmm. doesn't have the best content obviously because you get all the game pass games with microsoft um but as far as like how things play um the fact that i can even play it on a tv with like just a chromecast like i literally just press a button on my stadia controller 
and Stadia opens on my TV like a normal console would. That's I, I enjoy that. I've spent a lot of time playing Stadia. Um, it's yeah, it's it's just um, it's starting to look bleak, but I still think there's a product there. I think they just need to reposition it. What's your actual demographic? Um, you know, at this point, you know, is it actually like people who are already console customers that want a different experience, which I feel like is how they've been um, looking at it? Or is it like, I, I don't know, I sent you an article today from uh, Wired, maybe, I think it was Wired, yep. about someone who their only console they have is a Switch and they wanted to play Cyberpunk. So the lowest barrier to entry to get Cyberpunk was to get it through Stadia. And, you know, in their um, in their article, they said it was a good experience. Right. And we talked about before how, how Cyberpunk, uh, how Stadia may have been the best experience for Cyberpunk, uh, at least early on. Right. And it's still very well, maybe. Right. Um, so I, I, I don't. It's it's a big hit because it's such a, ho- a high profile person, but I don't think a head of product leaving is the coup de gras. You know, like like I said, you could put you could put the final nail in. But don't start hammering down yet because a new head of product, if they decide to bring one in, could totally pivot Stadia mm-hmm. and turn it into a unique product, right? And not be stuck in the I think. I could be wrong, but I think John Justice has been there since the inception of Stadia. You know, maybe it was his vision that made it a little lackluster. Um, I'm not saying that he's going to do the same with like Haven. It's just that with the resources that, with what he did with the resources he's given from Google, maybe that's why. I don't know. That's speculation, but. You know, hopefully, bringing someone else in uh, can can help them can help them pivot. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to keep an eye on it. We'll see what happens. I hope I I personally hope having no egg in the Stadia basket, uh, just in terms of for you know cloud gaming and everything like that. I hope this isn't just the end of it. I hope Stadia can at least stay in the news cycle, even if people want to make fun of it. You know. Mm-hmm. Enough that it keeps getting attention at the very least. Um, just because I don't want to see this go away. Because I, I think, again, from what people are saying, that there, there is a, there is legitimacy to this potentially being something going forward. And you know, that's never a bad thing. You know, innovating and and, and such. So that's where I stand mm-hmm. on it. Um, but yeah, th- some you, some rough news here of late. You said something that's prompting this. Um, it's kind of related, kind of not. Uh, but you mentioned like people making fun of Stadia. The amount of abuse that happens in the gaming community, like if someone on Reddit, like say there's like, I think I, I read something specifically on the Stadia subreddit that someone posted something on the Outriders subreddit and mentioned that they played in Stadia on Stadia and were like wildly abused. And like, I don't know. It's another one of those cut the shit moments and like, wow, gamers are fucked up and and that whole thing. But like, there's no reason for that. But that definitely doesn't help. I mean, if people think they're going to be harassed online, then like they're not going to play Stadia. 
Mm-hmm. It's it's something that I think the current user group is really passionate about. I say that as like me, like I really like Stadia. I, I play it. I'm not ashamed of it. And like, but there are other people who really like the idea of Stadia and see the potential and are you know public with it online, and they get beaten down. I don't yeah. think that helps. I, people just want it to fail. Yep. And they'll do anything they can to make that happen, even if it involves abusing and harassing people who aren't even involved with with Google. It's fucked up. For sure. All right. On to our big fish. On to our big fish, Little Pond. We got Battle of the Tims. Do you like that? I well, do. It's World War Tim out here. Ooh. Um, hey, did you see that new HBO Max movie? King Tim versus God Tim? Anyway, uh, (laughs) we are going to jump into the Apple versus Epic or the Epic, Epic versus Apple (laughs) Um, lawsuit that is going on right now. Uh, I guess to start it off, everything that led up to this um, last year, Apple kicked Fortnite off of the iOS app store because Fortnite put an in-game store in the app that allowed people to purchase like the V-Bucks and stuff uh, that didn't take into account the tax that typically goes on those things from being on a store. Correct? Yeah, and from what I understand about the situation is Epic was fishing Apple. And Apple took the bait. So, um, I, and actually, you know, I, I told you, you know, before start recording that there's a lot of coverage on this. Um, I happened to be listening to NPR um, one morning and they were talking about it. And like, to me, that was really strange for something to be on NPR. They don't typically cover those things in my area. Um and they said that uh, Epic essentially did this knowing that Apple would take them down so they could sue them. Which, brilliant move. And Epic isn't even seeking any sort of financial gain out of this. Or, I'm sorry, Epic. Did I say Apple? I don't Epic know what you said, but... Se- yeah. Okay. Epic is not seeking any financial gain. They just want Apple to change their business practices and how... Uh, products from creators are monetized and how Apple makes money off of it. Um, so it's, it's something that you thought, like, I don't know, in my opinion, I saw this trial and I thought it was going to be trivial. Okay. And then I started getting more of the details. Like, Oh my God, there is a lot going on in this case. Um, especially considering that it's, tech company versus big tech company and it's mm-hmm. not government versus tech company big <laughs> government versus big tech company um it's it's a really strange case and it's definitely starting a conversation yeah and and not only is like what's happening between these two huge on their own levels it's it's huge and i think this is the greater part of what we want to talk about for just gaming in general uh, the the repercussions or fallout that will come from 
what is brought to light in this, uh, you know, this this trial. And I think that's that's the thing that I think a lot of people should be focusing on, not just the fact that like, oh, I have steak in Apple. I like Apple products. I need to pay attention to this or I like Fortnite. You know, that's not that's not really it. That's 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 really just the baseline of it. Yeah, I don't. So I don't really give a shit about Epic coming into this. <laughs> like, I, I played Fortnite for a while, um, not really intensely. Like, I, I basically just played it socially with my brother and and some friends. Didn't really get hugely into it. Um, honestly, my favorite Epic product was probably Infinity Blade. Hell yeah! And. Uh, funny enough, was only available on Apple, uh, on I- iPhones or iPods, not even like Macs or anything. Um, and has since been pulled down for whatever reason. I don't remember. It was a while ago. Um, I do still have an iPod with Infinity Blade and Infinity Blade 2 on it and uh, Flappy Bird, so I'll be a millionaire one day. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, but like, I don't, I don't really have any skin in the game here, like, on the very top level, like, whatever i saw an epic versus apple lawsuit and i was like well fuck apple's gonna hit a home run here and you know probably sue for defamation after mm-hmm. um but i think epic's got a, a a really good case and i'm kind of i'm kind of rooting for them honestly i've got nothing against apple but you know what they're bringing to light but uh, has a lot of imp- uh, implications especially like for for apple but even other uh other companies um you know microsoft uh who um is actually part of this trial um they have some implicate uh implications you know i'm just gonna stop there are some implications in this for microsoft um i i'm trying to remember i don't think that uh epic is doing anything against google i think they're kind of in the same boat as Microsoft where like at least it's a little less strict. Um, but Apple's really the big fish here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and going back to Microsoft, there's been news recently from an article from our, our uh, I think it was part of this case, a document uh, from January uh, talking about Microsoft um increasing the profit share for developers who um, put content on the Windows store, so the PC store. Mm -hmm. Um, They're going from Microsoft taking a 30% revenue share, revenue split, to a 12% revenue split. And I think at this point, that's been confirmed. Um, And... Uh, you know, we think they're doing this to keep up with, and, and the Windows Store for buying games on PC. I don't know anyone who uses it. It's kind of it's it's pretty shitty. It's not good. Mm-hmm. Um, and Steam obviously is the the big fish there. You know, they've they've captured it. Epic has a store which isn't great, but um, Steam, I, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, has at this point the lowest um, revenue split out of any um pc storefront and with the plan that microsoft has they'd undercut them by a couple percent i don't know exactly what it is i think epic is i think epic might have been 
the the lowest because I think I think Epic might have been around this like twelve percent um, okay. because that was like the appeal to it, and that's how they were that's how they were reeling in like exclusives and stuff like that um, because of the fact that they were and that's that's the one thing I think I. I, w- I want to say I almost like appreciate it is because like the developers are the ones that I want to see that money go to more often than not, not just the fact that you built a storefront that people are familiar with. And so that gives you the right to take in a lot of instances, 30%. That's kind of fucked up. And, right. and, and like, I, I mean, I get that. Like there's gotta be like, you know, uh, coverage in terms of like transactions and, and, and stuff like that, that take place within your own store. But like, the fact that you know if you wanted to spend a dollar on whatever v bucks or whatever the fortnite in-game currency is 30 cents of that dollar is going to apple that seems very strange to me Mm -hmm. like i don't know i don't know how to fix it i don't know what the i don't know what would be fair but 30 percent just seems like an ungodly amount yeah, and I, I would like to know what defined that metric for the industry because it seems like that was kind of the standard was about thirty percent for the transactions. Um, but we know now that Microsoft was planning to lower that to twelve percent since the article that leaked that um, this this past week is from January. Perhaps they were doing it in preparation for this case so they wouldn't have been on the same side of the court as apple um or maybe they were doing it to vamp up their pc store since pc gaming and its association with the xbox brand is starting to catch some traction Mm -hmm. Um, maybe that's why they were doing it too Um, but in these leaked court documents they also mentioned that um at least as of january Microsoft was planning on doing the same for the Xbox marketplace. Right. Which Um, is insane. And according to an article from the verge, Microsoft has since gone back on that and they're not planning on lowering or I guess increasing the revenue split for developers. Um, And they're staying at the 30%. So it's just a really weird situation. And uh, Microsoft is just, um, I think they're technically, um, I guess a witness in this, in this trial. Um, I, I don't know, but, uh, it's got a lot of, uh, it's going to say a lot about how games are sold on marketplaces in the future. Um, and some of the commentary, I wish I knew exactly who it was, but on the, um, NPR session I was listening to, they had someone from, uh, they covered tech for one of the major newspapers. I want to say maybe Washington Post or something like that. I don't remember. Um, But they said that, you know, this is ultimately going to lower prices for customers too. Hopefully. You know, stupid, like V-Bucks, like you're not going to be spending, and I don't know the exact... um, conversion but you know you're not gonna be spending three bucks for essentially nothing in game you know you're not gonna have to spend 10 bucks to get anything substantial for a skin Mm -hmm. um so you know i'm i'm all for it i think it's a i think 
uh, Epic was really smart here and, you know, kind of almost whistleblowing. And at least it was with Apple and, you know, not um, trying to take down like Sony or Microsoft or Nintendo right now. Like, right. Apple's got a huge, huge share of like mobile gaming uh, market. But I think for the industry, that's a little less important than like if a console manufacturer were getting sued right now. Right. I I guess the thing that's like so bizarre to me about it is the fact that like it's it's in it was in the game and it like would take you to the Epic Game Store or something like that to redeem your V-Bucks. And that's Mm -hmm. why there wasn't that's why they were technically cheaper. Um, and so like, to me, I, I, I guess that's my thing. I feel like those in-game things should just be handled in the game and, and not be attached to the store. I don't know how easy that is. So, you know, I could be just kind of talking out my ass here, but like, you know, sure. The game, maybe like you, you house the game on that, that storefront to get it on the console. But once you have the game, could it not? I mean, like, I'm just thinking out loud like ubisoft for example has their ubisoft rewards or whatever in every single game on the main menu and you click that and it opens up a browser and takes you there and Mm -hmm. that's where you redeem your ubisoft points like you can't buy anything in those i don't think but i mean am i crazy and like thinking like that could that could be like the the move and like a possibility i mean that and that's the point i mean i think that's what the epic game store was like mm-hmm. in fortnite it was just you know a browser like right. just pull up uh an iframe or whatever um but i think that apple saw that as like hey this is an app that was for all intents and purposes purchased on our store even if it's free so it is initially part of our market. So Mm -hmm. we should be making money on any like ancillary components of this application. It's just so weird to me. And it's the same reason that, um, Microsoft struggled to get X cloud on as an iOS app. And that's why it ended up essentially just being that you have to go in through the browser Mm -hmm. to access X cloud on iOS. Because according to the App Store policy, you would essentially, I think the way it worked is for xCloud to be on, be an iOS app, you would have had to purchase your Xbox or your Game Pass Ultimate subscription through the Apple Store. Because they see the separate game, they basically saw XCloud as a storefront, even though you're not specifically playing for game, paying for games, mm-hmm. like you would in like Stadia, for example. Like you can just buy games outright. That's not an option in XCloud. It's just you pay the subscription, you get everything included. And I think that's why Microsoft was pulled into this. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I. If if Apple wins this suit, I there I don't think it's going to be good for the industry. Um, they're certainly going to take advantage of it, um, but it's going to hurt developers. It's going to hurt customers. I think um, it especially hurts the indies. I mean, right? Anybody? So I have the numbers pulled up now. I quickly I just did a quick search. So Steam takes thirty percent 
of a cut for for most games lowers that to 25 percent um when a game hits 10 million in revenue and then 20 percent if it passes 50 million epic is you think it should go the other way <laughs> epic is what do you mean like they they take they take 30 percent oh yeah yeah like once you make more they take a little bit more like like taxes yeah it, yeah that would make more sense i don't know um epic is uh this is from directly from their about keep 88 percent of the revenue from your games instead of 70 percent if your game is built using the unreal engine epic will cover your engine royalties on epic Games store revenue so that seems pretty fair yeah so i mean they do the 88 12 and so that's where I'm, that's where i'm guessing microsoft got the idea to then uh do it themselves so i mean don't get me wrong steam at least has something in place or it's like you know but but i mean think about that you have to make 10 million to to only have 25 percent taken which again seems weird does seem backwards now that you've said that because as a small developer i mean like if you you anybody can put a game up on steam correct me if i'm wrong um and so that's just like so wild to me they might have some standards i know in the court documents for the microsoft store policies um like you can't put like a broken app up obviously right like you can't put bullshit up but yeah i mean i think for the most part if you're an indie developer if you're a one-man developer like the uh, guy from fall guys like you can build a game and throw it up there um yeah so i i think if apple wins this suit honestly it hurts them because now we're starting to see products like um and i don't know enough about the the demographics of mobile gamers um but and this could i don't know but we're starting to see you know this is a case for the x clouds and uh, the amazon lunas and the the stadias all the cloud gaming platforms because you know what fine if apple doesn't want to play by the rules we're going to go to another platform that's going to play on apple anyway mm-hmm. so once you know mobile networks become more reliable okay now everyone is playing angry birds on their iphones but it's on it's on uh x cloud or stadia so i don't know i don't i don't think there's any case in which apple wins this even if they win <laughs> I think I think it is just introduced transparency, and I think that Epic realizes that. Yeah the 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 fallout that comes from it though is definitely going to be massive, one way or the other. Um, so I guess you know, in terms of from a consumer standpoint, um, hopefully this is change. Hopefully change is coming, and hopefully it's good change that that means. And from a developer standpoint, because again, I I know I personally would. You know, if I'm going to buy Days Gone for $60, I want to know that $60 is going to bend so that they can make Days Gone too, because they need that $60. So, I um I don't even want to know how much Sony takes for their revenue split, because then I'll think back to all the times when um, there was one point in the PS3 lifecycle where they did a major store overhaul. And in my opinion, it was just completely fucking unusable. Um, it took forever to load, like the search Mm -hmm. sucked. It was, and it was fine. It was perfectly fine before that update and they updated it and it was just unusable. 
it would piss me off to know that I'm paying 30% of the price of a game to use a shitty fucking store. <laughs> that would that would piss me off beyond belief. I think it is 30%, though. I think that's the industry standard. I think everybody across the board does a 70-30 split. That's just the basic understanding of getting into games. Steam updated theirs in 2018. Epic came in with this new 88.12. Microsoft is trying to adapt that, but um, or, or did for the Windows Store, but not for console we'll we'll throw out yet um but yeah it's it's, uh, apparently 70 30 is the the split that xbox nintendo and sony all use on their consoles gotcha and so i mean I, i again like you know i don't think either one of us knows like the difference between like why is epic able to do 88 12 is there something more there that like you know being pc or you know that lends to that being easier uh i'm sure what happened is you know it could have just been a goodwill move on on epic's part and i'm sure they've explained this somewhere so maybe it just involves more research but i'm sure at some point when mobile or when uh sorry digital game fronts became big um you know, they obviously, they, they tuned in, you know, okay, what, what price is someone willing to pay to have their game be able to go up for sale? And it just ended up being on 30. Someone figured that out. The rest stole it. And I'm sure Epic just took a look at it and said, hey, you know, as, as a company that deals with a lot of game development and they, they he probably hear the struggles of companies using the Unreal Engine trying to get their game sold, mm-hmm. which ultimately hurts Epic. Mm-hmm. Um, they just said, well, they, they recognize that it's broken. Say, okay, well, we need a new model. And they went with it. And, you know, I'm sure that all the existing companies are going to fight until their dying breath to stay at 30%, but they're going to get to a point where they're going to be scrutinized if they don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I mean, in terms of, like, goodwill, uh, not only is this, like, a... a- baller move but the free games that they give every month that i think anybody can redeem you don't have to you don't have uh, other than having a uh an account which Mm -hmm. i don't think i don't believe you have to pay for or anything like there's no like playstation plus or xbox gold where you have to pay five dollars and you get air quotes free games but there is inherent fees there um but yeah, they, I, I believe that anybody can get. I mean, it caused when they gave GTA Five for free, it caused their their storefront to crash because everybody ran to get it for free. Um, and I mean, that's a pretty baller move. And they've announced recently. I don't have the number in front of me, so I could be wrong here. But I, I'm pretty sure uh, Tim Sweeney said that like their that big game store is going to cause them to lose like tons of money, three hundred million. I'm just going to throw that out there a year and they have no issue with that like until uh, but eventually they feel it will become profitable that's and insane think... go ahead no i was just gonna say that's that's insane like that's just crazy like but they they, they have that stubbornness to to say but we, you know we're doing all this stuff and it's it's better for x y and z and it's better for all of these other reasons and it'll eventually become profitable and that's you know in the end what matters sure but you know also what matters is all this stuff that's happening up front and so we'll continue to front it until it becomes profitable. Cool. Yeah, and and during this, it must have been after that statement, Microsoft was asked how they turn a profit. 
and they were asked if they make money on Xbox consoles. And this is something that we've talked about. Mm-hmm. I think we talked about right before the PS5 and the Series X came out. And Xbox says, no, we don't make a profit on Xbox consoles. And everyone who's not, who doesn't like really, really, really pay attention to the industry, that just blows their mind. They're like, how can you be so uh, um, successful or profitable in general if you're not turning a profit on the physical product? Mm -hmm. People just aren't realizing that that is just a vessel to an end-to-end solution. And, and that's why, like, Xbox has, and, and this is mostly transcripted um, in part of the court report, but, you know, that's why Xbox does the all-access. It's basically, you're not spending any money on the console, but it gets you into the service that does make them money. So, I don't, I don't know, people can throw out, like, oh... You know, Epic doesn't make money on their storefront. Well, maybe it's how they make money on the Unreal Engine. Mm-hmm. There, there's a whole lot of facets there that I just don't think people are understanding. Yeah. Yeah. Well, over the next, I don't know, how long is this expected to last? Do we know? I, I'm not sure. Um, we're in what I think today was day two or three. Yeah, something like that. Um, let's see, either way, over the next couple of days, weeks, months, years, however long it takes, there's going to be a lot of dirty laundry aired, and we're going to get to see a lot of the behind the scenes stuff. Um, and it's just going to be so fascinating. And I think that's the win, right? Like getting to see like, that's, that's how, that's how everything works. That's just how day-to-day life works. You, 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 you're, you're a child and you don't understand how certain things work. And then you find out about it and you go, that's not right. Why does it work like that? And then a whole group of people figure out these things and they work together to, to, to change them. And that's, I think that's what's going to happen. I think no matter what happens one way or the other, that'll be the huge win. And I think that's kind of what you were getting at with, um, even if Apple wins, this, this, this stuff's going to be out there and people are going to be forced to change. Yeah, definitely. I, people won't respect it. And now the fact that gaming has become so popular because of COVID, uh, it's, it's, it's like in every home it's the new in my opinion it's gaming is more important than tv movies right now Mm -hmm. um and the fact that major news companies are covering this like even if people didn't think they could ever care about this trial they're going to and Mm -hmm. they're going to be a little more thoughtful about when they are downloading an app from any app store google play um the apple store the windows store they're, they're going to be more mindful, especially when they hear statements from like uh, Tim Sweeney said, and I'm paraphrasing that Apple is making more money off of games than the developers who are making them. Because <laughs> you think about it, if they're if they're Apple is basically charging is getting 30 percent just to have they're, they're doing up. There's probably zero cost to have a game on the Apple store other than maintaining the Apple store at large mm-hmm. at 70% revenue for the developer. I mean, if you, if, 
I don't know, you, you have to cover that cost. And and obviously 70% is a big hit. Yeah. So I think I think we're gonna have I think that might be a change that we see, at least on the development side, is if I had to if I had to guess, um we're probably gonna start to see more exclusivity type deals um where developers say like well if you want i mean like this is a game people it's drumming up interest people are interested in this game they're gonna want it if you want it on your store you have to give us money up front i mean almost in in the sense that like xbox to put games on game pass right like they they shell out money i wouldn't be surprised if that starts to become a thing and we'll see it only on certain stores that we're willing to pony up the cash and that way developers are covered and then maybe the 70 30 split is an easier pill to swallow because they actually got money up front that covered you know a lot of their costs and stuff like that to then have it on the store where they're only going to make 70 percent, and you know you you then keep apple from being the only one that makes money on it right i, I could see <laughs> something like that and I want to uh, talk again about the Microsoft things. I mentioned that for Xbox, the Xbox store, they're planning on keeping it at 30%. Mm-hmm. My understanding of that is they're doing that because if you put a game on the Xbox store, not only do you have the option to have it there, but you also have the option to have it on xCloud. So okay. depending on how you look at it, you're more or less getting on two storefronts. So fifty percent for fifteen percent for each, um, but obviously you're kind of maybe strong armed into the other one. I don't know. I think I, I get it, but I think Xbox is going to go back on that. I think they'll probably lower their their share too. Um, so I found out. So the uh, trial started Monday, I believe, and it's slated to go on for three weeks. Holy, yeah. Well, that'll be fun. Well, I'm sure we'll have at least a little bit uh, here and there uh, over the next three weeks. Then, yeah, um, I'm excited to hear Tim Coke is Tim Coke. Tim Cook is going to testify. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited to see what he is going to say because I do not think he is entirely graceful in these kinds of situations. He's he's honest. He's for all I know truthful. Yeah, well, that's because that's because he's a robot. Like he's he's he has no emotion, so he's going to be so calculated and just cruel and cold and all these other things. Uh, And you're right; it'll probably. I mean, a lot of it will probably just be truthful, which it'll be a tough pill to swallow. But he will also be trying to sell why it's necessary, though. And Mm -hmm. while I don't necessarily like his delivery, I do think it's effective for the interest of Apple, which is all he cares about. You know, and that makes sense. That's why he's the CEO of one of the largest companies in the world. Mm-hmm. Man. In his defense, though, Steve Jobs, if he were called up to the stand, he would probably be like, you're lucky we're not charging 45%. Yes, Steve Jobs would be like, uh, that's the... Uh the the michael jordan fuck them kids quote <laughs> that, that's steve jobs to a t uh may he rest in peace um yeah that's gonna be like i said it'll be a crazy couple of weeks as more stuff comes out and uh i think again from uh from a people watching standpoint you know keep an eye on on that dirty laundry that gets aired and and see 
what is wrong with how stuff is currently set up. See why Epic is going to these lengths to to have this trial and everything because they clearly feel there are injustices there. Um, and I'm sure a lot of it's on the developer side and, you know, but that doesn't mean it just because it doesn't affect you doesn't mean it's it's right or wrong, right? Like you can look at it and say, this doesn't affect me, but it's wrong. So that all makes sense. Yeah. Cool. Anything else on Epic versus Apple right now? Not at the moment. I'm sure this is going to probably be a recurring theme week to week. We'll try to keep you update with at least relevant updates. Mm -hmm. I don't know how much of it is going to be breaking news. I think you're going to see this covered everywhere. Right. Um, But. Yeah, we'll we'll probably at least, I guess. Yeah, we'll probably at least grab the stuff that that we feel has, you know, the biggest impact on on us in terms of the gamers. Time for the most oppressed group to rise through the glass ceiling. Oh boy. Or whatever the, whatever that meme is. Anyway. Um, I I mean, that, that, that's it. I guess let's go to our, is there any games that you're excited for? Ooh, yes. I'm excited. Ooh. 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 <laughs> Ooh wee. I'm excited for this um, new game, never before come out, um, called Mass Effect. I don't know if you've seen anything from it. It's... Um, <laughs> you motherfucker. <laughs> so, I'm seeing the date as May 14th. Uh-huh. Which, technically, you're jumping the gun. That would be for next week's episode. Well, what do you want, what do you want me to pick here? Let me go back and look through all well, the great options. So, there is... So there is Resident Evil 8, which I thought you were going to take that. So I, And then I was going to go, I'm going to jump the gun a week because there's a couple of things on May 14th that I may or may not be excited for. So I'm going to well, say Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Well, now you can pick Resident Evil. All right. I'll pick Skate City. <laughs> um, apparently it's been out on iOS. It's coming out on, well, everything else. Um, skateboarding games, making a comeback. Um, almost none of which are anything resembling good from what I've tried so far, <laughs> except for Tony Hawk. Oh Which yeah, I still need to pick this summer. I still need to pick that up. Um, yeah, uh, I, I, I'm with you. Uh, I'm excited for that Mass Effect Legendary Edition. So I've I've never even seen a Mass Effect game in person. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna let you in on a little secret that you definitely already know, but you've probably forgotten because it doesn't matter. Um, I never, I've never played a Mass Effect game. Uh, Mass Effect Andromeda came out and I was like, oh, that game seems like fun. Apparently you don't really need to have played the other games to play this. Um, And so I bought it for $60 and I have yet to play it. (laughs) And apparently it's time. Yeah, it really is. Apparently it had like so many issues. Apparently some of them are fixed, not all of them. But yeah, the, this is the original trilogy, right? That Andromeda was the fourth game? Or were there only two Mass Effects? Uh, I don't even know. All I know is they cut down on the butt shots. And, um, <laughs> you know, part of me was genuinely considering just picking up the old games. The, <laughs> the original consoles. I'm here for all the butts. Male, all the female. Butts. Oh my god. I agree. As long as they're round and juicy, I'm here for them. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, uh, Re- I will say Resident Evil Eight. I'm I'm excited to get to like see stuff about because Resident Evil games are never games that I feel uh, super strongly to pick up and actually play mm-hmm. myself. Um, I loved watching playthroughs of Resident Evil Two and Resident Evil Three. So yeah, um, I'm down of like the remakes. So I'm down to just keep keep up with that and just keep watching them. I, I have heard some people who have gotten like early copies honestly have said that they aren't really that impressed with it, which is, um, I guess kind of disappointing to hear. Um, but also I, again, wasn't really planning on picking it up. So, and also there have been eight. So even if you buy this at a discounted price after hearing that people didn't like it, I'm sure they'll still make a sequel. Yeah. I think it was a pretty committed. It's like final fantasy. It's like, who the fuck actually likes final fantasy, but hell we'll buy it. (gasps) Did you hear my gasp? I did. Who the hell likes Final Fantasy? Literally I think, no one. I think I think a hundred and fifty percent of the the Japan, wow, the Japan, the Japanese population, they go crazy for Final Fantasy. They go crazy I'm, for all those. I'm, okay, games. I'll rephrase. What American? Well, I mean, that's not that's not a great scale. <laughs> <laughs> what other Wait. person who has the exact name and social security numbers? Me there. Yeah. <laughs> A little too specific. Who should people share this episode with, Mike? Um, someone who can tell me if Resident Evil Village is going to be on Game Pass at launch or not. Because part of me <laughs> remembers that being the case. But another part of me, I think, just makes that assumption whenever a new game comes out. That's fair. That's a really fair assumption that I absolutely hate. Because anytime I go, do you see anything about this game? You just go, pretty sure it's on Game Pass. And I <laughs> I throw my phone. I've gone through four iPhones that I can't play Fortnite on since since the start of this podcast because you constantly tell me about games that are on Game Pass. Or Stadia. Uh, or Stadia. Which just got Jedi Fallen Order today. Or before, yesterday. Jedi um, Fallen Order, under $20 on the PS Store right now. It's also on Game Pass, if you're interested. Um, and uh, But Resident Evil Biohazard was on uh, Stadia as well, and it was the Gold Edition, and part of me finally almost decided to play it. <laughs> almost decided, but that just means you didn't. I, I didn't, but maybe, maybe this is how I will make my contribution to... Um, Stadia. This is what I saw. You can play the Resident Evil Village demo on Stadia right now. Mm. They did some sort of partnership with them. Um, and they were doing another thing, like if you bought Resident Evil on Stadia, you also got like the um, Premiere Edition, whatever. You get the controller and the Chromecast. Um, I gotcha. So, I don't know, maybe this will be the series that I solely play on Stadia, give them some life, and then in a month when they shut things down, I'll be up to <laughs> Oh, rip. Um, <laughs> too, that was too real. I didn't like that. Um, that does it for this episode. A lot. There are a lot of games coming out that I'm excited for. Um, excited to just see more about beyond trailers and stuff like that. Excited to eventually get my hands on uh, and, and so on and so forth. I don't think we've talked about it, but E3 is happening again this year, which is like... 
Oh, hell yeah. Like, do I care? No, but E3 is always a fun time because of just how much news happens. So I'm looking forward to all of that too, especially with the fact that we're doing this podcast and it'll give us about a billion things to talk about. And uh, we could maybe even, we could maybe even think about doing like an E3 specific where we- uh, Live, pretend like we're there. (gasps) I wasn't even thinking that. I was just thinking like end of the day, like- thoughts feelings what we like love the most and then so on and so forth but that would be that'd be interesting we could maybe look into doing something like that i've always um i've always dreamed of going to e3 so as um i mean one just for fun but even as like a journalist oh my are we games journalists that's what i'm wondering can we start getting into these things i'm looking it up e3 how do i get a free virtual pass oh wait i go to youtube how many listeners do I need to have on the podcast? Yeah, like, what is... You have to have 21. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I would just go and start listening to our stuff. And there we are. Oh, boost our numbers? So, when is... Let's do a, a quick precursor to E3 while we still have some attention here. Maybe not, because I don't see the dates. <laughs> They've already turned it off. <laughs> June 12th to June 15th. Okay, so we got a little over a month. Damn. That's it, though. No Sony. No Sony. So sad. Sony had the best E3 presentations. But they're going to do their own show, too, around that time, I'm sure. So Yeah, but it's never that good. Damn. Get dunked on. Another year of me hoping to get um, more Splinter Cell teasers. <clears throat> um, but it only to be for... Um, Rainbow Six or uh, Ghost Recon. I was going to say, that's all it will be, is just a tease. It's never actually a full game. Um, Alright, that does it. Like you said, share it with somebody who can tell Mike whether or not Village is on uh, Game Pass, because he can't look it up himself. Uh, and if you guys are listening to us on Apple, uh, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, feel free to leave us a rating and review. And if you aren't listening to us on there, the best you can do, just share it, spread it, spread the good word of the Good Game, Bad Game podcast. And we will talk to you all next week.